Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. Isham invites you to log on, listen, and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This podcast. This is episode number 48. Thanks for joining me. Today on the show, we have Rebecca Kenny talking with us about the importance of bringing your professional self to work each day. So a great conversation with Becca. I will say if there's one thing that COVID has taught me, it is that things change. Change is going to happen whether you're prepared for it or not. Change is going to happen whether you like it or not, right? Since the last podcast, the Isham Board of Directors made the difficult decision to cancel the in-person annual conference and expo. I know that this was a tough decision. I know that uh, one of the deciding factors was your safety. So I think they did a good job. You know, I agree uh, your well-being and your safety is important. It's important to the board of directors. It's important to Isham. But guess what? All is not lost. There will still be a virtual conference and expo. The conference and expo, you know, it's going to have the same great speakers, the same great presentations all brought to you in the comfort of your own home or wherever you plan to attend. Now, if I were you, if I were in your shoes, I would sit back in a comfortable lounge chair, maybe get a cold beverage of your choice, get some takeout food, and enjoy the conference, right? Right in the comfort of my own home. So if you haven't yet registered for the conference, hey, there's still time. The virtual conference starts October 15th and runs through October 28th, so plenty of time. Again, if you haven't registered for the conference, all you have to do is go online to the Isham website. Uh, you can find the webpage and register uh, once you go down to that isham.org website. So don't forget. Also, don't forget that Sterile Processing Week is quickly approaching. So Sterile Processing Week is October the 10th through the 16th. You know, you are instrumental to sterile processing, so don't forget to celebrate who you are and what you do. In celebration of Sterile Processing Week on October 15th, the Last 100 Yards podcast series will be back. In episode number four in this thrilling series, we're discussing event-related sterility. Now, you may think that you know everything there is to know about event-related sterility. Come October 15th, I bet, right, I bet that you are going to learn something new. So join me and the KIPP committee on October 15th for the next episode in the Last 100 Yards series. Now, if you're new to the series, if you don't know what I'm talking about, before October 15th, go back and listen to episodes number 44, 45, and 46, and then you'll be caught up with us in this Last 100 Yards. Now, before we talk to our guest speaker today, let's go ahead and get into the segment, What's on My Mind. 
the other day I was sitting down and I was thinking about the date. You know, we're in October right now. As, as of this podcast, there are only three months left in 2021. Now, I don't know about you, but when the first of the year rolls around, I kind of get depressed. And, you know, that's because, you know, we're at the beginning of the year. You know, everyone starts these New Year's resolutions, you know, and such. And, and I'm just not the biggest fan of the New Year's resolution. Now, that's all probably because I always fail. I never follow through. I don't know if you're like me. So I had an idea. Instead of waiting till the first of the year to be depressed, I decided I'm going to make the fourth quarter resolution. Forget the new year. I'm starting now. One of the reasons behind this is because COVID has made me fat. Well, not really. I can't blame it on COVID. I'm just using COVID as an excuse. I'm just lazy. Uh, But so here's my thought. Hear me out. I'm challenging you to a step and weight loss contest. Now, two separate challenges. One is the weight loss and the other is counting steps. Now, you can do one or you can do both. doesn't matter to me. I'm going to do both. Uh, So the contest starts today, right now. So if you're listening to this, if you're one of my regular podcasters and you're listening when these come out, I'm starting right now, October 1st. And so this is going to go through uh, from October 1st to December 17th. That's roughly 11 weeks. Okay. So what, what do you need to do? This is all on the honor system. Okay. So if you don't tell the truth, you know, really the only person is you're hurting yourself. You're not really hurting me. But if you want to participate, again, on the honor system, uh, you can join any time between October 1st and December 17th. If you wait till December 16th to join, well, you know, it's not going to be so good for you, but hey, go ahead. But if you want to participate, again, you can join at any time. What I'm going to require is that you send me an email. And the email is podcast at isham.org. It's real easy. Just type out podcast at sign isham, which is I-A-H-C-S-M-M dot org. I'm going to require you to send me three emails during the course of this contest. Just trying to keep everybody honest. And the first email is going to say essentially that you want to participate in the contest. And I just need you to tell me uh, one, who you are. And then if you want step or you want loss or you want both. So again, just let me know that you want to participate. The second email, and again, I will give you some heads up during the future podcast. The second email is somewhere before December 1st. And I want you to show me essentially your weekly progress. And then the last email, which is probably the most important, on December 17th. And on December 17th, I want you to send me your final numbers. You know, I, I need those final numbers. Uh, before January 1st podcast. So I need those numbers early so I can make sure we get them into the podcast on the first of the year. So once you send me that initial email at podcast at isham.org, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a template. And on that template, you can use that to track your numbers, like your weekly progress. So essentially, you know, what I'm going to do is uh, starting October 1st, I'm going to start counting my steps daily. And then I'm going to add it up weekly. And, you know, I, I've got one of these, uh, you know, I, I've got a Garmin. And so it counts my steps as I walk throughout the day. Um, so I'm going to use that. And then weekly, I'm going to track my weight loss every week. Now, be reassured, I'm not going to 
on the podcast, say who you are and how much you weigh. So don't worry about any of that. Uh, I'm just going to tell you how much I weigh and then uh, I will keep those numbers to myself and will not share that with anyone. So uh, once you again, once you send me that initial email, I'm going to send you a template uh, so you can start tracking your numbers. And then, you know, before December 1st, send me a progress, you know, just so I know that you're doing it and we're being honest. And then, you know, again, on December 17th with your final numbers. Now, if I get enough interest, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send out a prize to the, I don't know, top three winners in each category. And if you are one of the lucky ones who beat my numbers, maybe I'll send you a little something else uh, special as well. Uh, but honestly, <laughs> to be honest, that's not going to happen because honestly, I'm a, I'm a machine and I'm pretty motivated and I seriously doubt you're going to beat my step numbers. Might beat my weight loss, uh, but you're not going to beat my step numbers. I don't know if there are any Notre Dame fans out there, uh, any South Bend Notre Dame fans, college football, but uh, fourth quarter is ours, right? So make fourth quarter yours. I'm going to make it mine. Uh, so if you again, if you want to participate in this uh, challenge, then just email me podcast at isham.org and we will see if you are up to my challenge. Like I said in the intro, today we are joined by Rebecca Kenney. Now, Rebecca is a medical sales representative and a small business owner of Cypress Incorporated. She is a certified central service vendor partner, CCSVP. Rebecca has worked in healthcare for over 15 years, seven of those years in sterile processing as a sterile processing technician, and then the last eight years in medical sales, working directly with sterile processing. Now, she focuses on a proactive and consultative approach where she takes her experience and shares that knowledge in the field that she wishes she knew when she worked in sterile processing. She actively participates in speaking engagements and utilizing LinkedIn as an educational tool to reach an audience of over 30,000 professionals. Her primary objectives have always been Process Improvement and Education Lending to Patient Safety. Becca, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Everyone has a story about how they got into sterile processing. I have a story. You know, my colleagues have a story. So how did you start your career in sterile processing? You know, it's so funny you ask that because I didn't know that it would be a career, so to say. And this all started in 2006, and every member of my family had been in the medical field in some capacity. And my mom had recommended, hey, you should consider working in the sterile processing department at the hospital. And at that time, I, I had just been coming home from a stint of a college round, and, and she had said, you should try this out. And I was like, sterile processing, what's that? <laughs> to me, sterile had always been like a smell or a hospital environment or uh, something that I thought of as like four white walls. 
And I didn't even know that there was a department in the hospital that was called sterile processing. And little did I know, 15 years later, I would still be fully submersed in this industry. And so that's how I got my start. And when my, my first manager hired me in sterile processing, she said, Becca, this is either going to be the best or the worst decision I have ever made as a manager. <laughs> I, just, I never forgot that. It, it gave me a good laugh. And so, you know, the rest is history. I worked in sterile processing department there for about seven years and then went on to being a vendor representative. And I still hold that role now. So it's, it's been quite an adventure and I work with sterile processing departments every single day. It's amazing. Well, that's great. So in the May-June 2021 issue of Process, especially in the Professional Perspectives article, and it's titled, Look Sharp, Three Ways to Polish Your Professional Image, you mention a turning point for you in 2009. And can you tell our listeners about that event and the impact that that event had on your career? Sure thing, John. Man, you know, I can remember this like it was yesterday. So I had just finished working uh, evening shift at the hospital from 3 to 11.30. I had gotten home. I was unwinding, calming down, and had just fallen asleep. And my phone rings at 2 a.m. And, you know, a 2 a.m. phone call, it's like, man, that can't be good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of disoriented, and it was my mom. And she had that voice, that, like, shaky voice that's like the don't freak out but moment and she's like okay honey don't freak out but your dad is being airlifted to the hospital right now he's had a heart attack they're not sure if he's gonna make it and you know what I, I still get chills even saying that out loud today and and I instantly freaked out I was like oh my gosh what do we have to do what do I have to do and she's like okay calm down just head to the hospital and it happened to be the hospital that I worked at in sterile processing. And after my freak out moment, my first thoughts were, oh my gosh, who put together the open heart set? Was it, let's, mm. I'll just make up a name. You know, was it John? <laughs> I'll call <laughs> it your name. Why not? Sure. Was it John? Oh man, I really hope it wasn't him. Or did I do the set and pay attention to detail? oh my gosh, like maybe I can put on a bunny suit and sneak into the core and I can pull the sets because I know that, oh, for example, Mary on Graveyards always pays attention to every detail. I want the set that Mary put together for Dad's cave. And, you know, the, the gal working on Graveyards is like, Becca, no, no. You get to go sit in the waiting room like everybody else and you get to wait. Everything will be just fine. Calm down. But at that moment, like I had already been working in sterile processing for three years. And up until that catalyst moment, it was simply a job because it didn't affect my personal life. And then all of a sudden, it got very real. And everything kind of shifted for me in how I showed up to work. And I mean, I'm happy to report that my dad made a full recovery from triple bypass surgery. He was with us for many more years after that. So from 2009 until 2013, when I started being a rep, the way that I executed my job in sterile processing looked a whole lot different. I had a, a keen awareness of attention to detail 
And those those little steps that maybe I would have skipped before, like insulation testing or, you know, sharpness standards or making sure an instrument wasn't pitted, suddenly had a microscope on them for me. And I thought, huh, what if this set was to be used on my dad? Again, would I feel good about putting this set up? And it was just an entire catalyst moment where everything shifted in. It became more than a job to me. It became a patient safety focus. And I, I try and put myself in the shoes of somebody in the waiting room now every time when I do my job. Well, that's a great story. Yeah, I I can definitely relate. I've, I've had children that have had procedures and I, I, I can definitely say that I, I've been in that position you are where it's like, I want this person, you know, to do the procedure and I want this set to be used because I know this set is complete and I know the others aren't. So I, you know, right. what a great story. And yeah, I, I definitely can relate to that. For sure. Isn't it funny how, how once it affects us, it, it becomes different and we see it through a new lens. It, it really is. It's just like, yeah, like you said, it's this like that, you know, you're kind of in a fog and then, you know, all of a sudden you have this clarity that, wait a minute, you know, these things really affect people in personal ways. You know, everything I do mm-hmm. is affecting somebody. Yeah, it's crazy when we look at it like that, right? It's not just a job. It's so much more when you're a sterile processing professional. Exactly. So in this article, you talk about how to show up to work in person. Can you kind of expand on what that means? Absolutely. I mean, I think when it comes to your professional image, it's sort of a trifold approach. So it's how you show up in person how you take daily initiative, and then how you show up online. But how you show up in person, I truly believe is a personal choice every single day. So, I mean, we all know that working in sterile processing is not always a glamorous job. Um, Oftentimes, you're covered in PPE and sweaty and gross, and you're not always feeling happy and bubbly and feeling good. But, you know, my suggestion is that when we show up, we show up ready and ready to work hard and offer solutions. One of my favorite influencers to follow, his name is Seth Godin. And he says, you know, there's a whole spin on being authentic, but he gave a different spin on it and said, I challenge you to be inauthentic. Do you want a surgeon to show up to work to perform your surgery on a given day? his authentic self, you know, reflecting the fight that he had with his wife that morning or the lack of sleep he had. No, you want him to show up inauthentic, professional and ready to perform his job. So, you know, that that really shook me in that, you know, when I listened to that learning from Seth Godin and it was like, holy cow, this is so true. So, you know, how you show up, you know, you kind of truly show up professionally and ready to bring something to the table. One other thing I would suggest is like when you do feel frustrated or upset and things aren't going your way to come up with solutions, offer suggestions. And rather than coming up with an excuse and saying, I could do that, but maybe trying to say, okay, here's a suggestion. Maybe we could do this as a team collaboratively and together. And here might be some options for a better outcome. I don't know. I think that a lot of times our gut reaction is like beasting approach. Like, hey, 
I'm tired or, hey, I'm in decon again, but rather saying, how can I show up today and what solutions do I have to offer to some of these things that maybe aren't going well? Why is building a good image of yourself so important, even in sterile processing? I think that there is a great demand for energetic sterile processing professionals who are really inventive enough to be proactive in their own career. And elevating your image will elevate the respect that others show you. You know, oftentimes I hear common industry complaints in regards to pay or sterile processing being the invisible department. But if you truly stop and pause and ask yourself, how am I showing up today and taking initiative to have a positive outcome and just a great, great outcome, that that will then in turn elevate the way that you perform your job. And could you imagine a whole department of sterile processing professionals who all decided to show up ready to work and take initiative? I think that that would make other people start to pay attention and say, hey, what's in the water there in that sterile processing department that makes everybody, you know, passionate about doing their job? And then maybe there might be a positive spotlight shown on the department and a positive reflection of of what we do every day in sterile processing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think too often that we latch on to that, oh, we're just in sterile processing uh, we need somebody to uh, feel bad for us because, you know, we are down here and nobody really recognizes us. I, th- I think you're right. I think we need to take a more positive approach and quit latching on to that, that mentality of we're just sterile processing. We're not just sterile processing. We are sterile processing. So I think you're spot on. Yes, exactly. We are sterile processing and we get to serve and we get to show up. We're, we're not victims of a hospital infirmary that are stuck in a basement were given the opportunity to lend to a positive patient outcome and that's a blessing right yeah it really is yeah so let's talk about social media so in social media in the article you write uh, that social media is kind of a double-edged sword and i you know i think you're exactly right Uh, social media can be a very useful platform both socially and professionally Can you talk about when social media is appropriate and when social media is not appropriate in the workplace? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that social media exactly is that double-edged sword. It is a powerful, powerful tool when used properly. So I would say, like, it is not appropriate to use social media as a place to vent to put down co-workers, to complain about the facility that you work at, and as a as a sounding board for negativity, that that becomes not only dangerous for your job, because social media is public and can be researched, it can be negative to your future jobs, but it, it can just create a conversation of negativity versus using it in an appropriate fashion you, you can share what you're learning. You can express your expertise. You can find out answers to industry questions that rather than digging through, you know, the Amy guidelines for hours and hours and hours, you can simply 
get online, post the question and see what other industry professionals have experienced and learn from their experiences and maybe get your answer a whole heck of a lot faster. So I just think like use the right way it can elevate your career. And I've experienced, you know, using it as a powerful tool to not only help me build my own personal business, but, but to get ahead in my career in huge ways that I never would have, as well as meeting people in our industry and professionals that I never would have had the opportunity to otherwise meet. So it, it can be super powerful and it can also be super harmful. There are also occasions when social media used in someone's personal life can overlap or affect a person's career. Can you take a minute and talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as mentioned before, there can be a a positive effect on your career or there can be a negative effect on your career. It can negatively impact your career. I mean, I've heard of people getting fired from their jobs for misrepresenting an organization. In that case, you know, or oftentimes I'll see people post photos and you can see, you know, what facility they work at on their name badge, yet they had something very negative to say. So it can affect your personal life and even still having a job in many ways. But I I really want to talk about the positive effect that it can have on your career when used properly. So if you would take, for example, a platform like LinkedIn, That is my social media platform of choice. It's a place where I get to educate an audience on a specific topic in the operating room or where I get to connect to new people. And and you take that platform to build a personal brand, to share what you're learning as you go along in your journey, to express your expertise, to start a conversation on a hot topic. It opens up numerous doors. And for me, it's It's opened up opportunities like this right now, John, you and I have in this conversation. It's opened up writing opportunities. It's opened up new connections and speaking engagements. And so I would challenge, you know, a sterile processing professional who maybe doesn't have an online presence in that way to just create a clean profile with a great image of yourself that is, it really gives you a headline that says, hey, here's what I do and here's what I'm passionate about. And then just share what you're learning as you grow in your career development. And people will pay attention to that and and see it as, huh, look at this person who has something to tell me. I, I can learn from them. And it will elevate your career all the way from search engine optimization and recruiters to just a collaborative relationship with new people that have great insights. So, I mean, it is so, so powerful. I can't even sing the praises of using LinkedIn as a social media tool highly enough. So you talked about your career. Are there other ways that folks can use social media as an asset? Oh, yeah. I mean, the ways to use social media as an asset are innumerable. I mean, something as simple as getting on and recording a video about maybe something you learned from an in-service earlier in the week. You can find the answers to tough questions. You can educate on on something. I mean, it's huge to just share what you're learning as you learn it. So, you know, something like, hey, we created a uh, an anonymous box that we hung outside our department and you take a picture of it. 
And in that box, you can put suggestions for department development. You can put complaints. And here, here is what this box has done for our department. And just, you know, something like that can then make other people have eyes on it. And then they say, huh, we should try that in our department too. So, I mean, I truly believe that, that the power of it is incredible. And, and you can ask for opportunities and find that if you continue to promote your passion and your expertise in a positive way, that in time, people will come to you and start asking you, hey, can you write for us? Hey, can you speak for us? Hey, we would love your insight. So, I mean, I think that they're, when used properly, it can only enhance your career in a positive way. All right, last question. Do you have any other advice that you would like to share with our listeners about their professional image? I would just say is to just take it to heart, take to heart the way that you show up and own it because your professional image is your reflection to the world about how much you care. And, you know, I would say in closing here that everybody would ask themselves, like, what simple action can you take today to produce a new momentum towards career success? Am I showing up today? And am I ready to take action for a better tomorrow? Well, Becca, thanks. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. You've given us some great advice, some great things to think about. So thank you for taking your time and being with us on the show today. Gosh, thank you so much, John. It was an honor. Thank you, Rebecca, for spending some time with us on the show today. Thank you, Isham Nation, for listening to the show. Well, you know what that music means. It means only one thing. Episode 48 is in the books. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, fill out the required information, and select the code SPWEEK. Again, the code for this episode is SPWEEK. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>